It's amazing also how many people are willing to share their knowledge if you ask. If you find the right people, find the people like just sit down and ask the questions of like, how did you get started? What should I be looking for? Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast, the show about buying, optimizing, and managing short-term rentals in the state of Michigan. Get insights and recommendations from vacation rental operators to help take your property to the next level. Are you ready to profit from your short-term rental? Let's get started. Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast. My name is Tony Stancato, here with my co-host, Jordan Painter. What's up, Jordan? Good morning, Tony. Monday, another week. Get it after is, it. Yeah. How was your weekend? It was really good, man. Yeah, I got to take a little bit of time off, relax a little bit. Real estate market's heating up, so did get to work a little as well. So nice balance of family time and relaxed time and a little bit of work. It was good. How about you? Yeah, over here at the uh, five unit in Stevensville, did some painting, some furniture assembly. So looks like we might be able to have our first unit ready to go here probably within the next week or so. So excited about that. I mean, just a fresh coat of paint gets me pretty excited because it just feels like it changes, transforms the room, you know? So super excited about that. And other than that, I mean, just uh, doing some shopping for it, getting some TVs and whatnot to get it equipped. So super excited. That's awesome. Yeah. And on that note, we got a pretty heavy workload right now with the projects we got going and getting ready for the management season in full swing. So Tony was over there slanging paint this weekend. And so we're in the process this morning. Actually, we did an interview with another potential operations manager position for the area to really help us make sure that we're continuing to meet our clients' expectations and guests' expectations. So as we're growing, just wearing a lot of hats right now and really excited to see what this next six to 12 months brings. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think I was talking on LinkedIn a little bit, but I'm painting because our painter is so awesome. And then I recommend him to so many people that he's like booked up for the next three months. He will be doing one of our projects in the near future, but he's definitely slammed with work. Again, I think he's one of the best ones out there. I did talk him into coming over last night and at least helping me with the project. So there's no way I would have been able to do it all on my own that quickly, but he came over, we taped everything off and we just kind of tag teamed it, knocked it out. I think we did it in like six hours, got it ready to go. So he pretty much doesn't need any other clients right now. We've got him booked. So yeah, that's what someone on LinkedIn says. Just make sure you have enough projects going on for him. I said, I think we're kind of about at that point right now. So especially that upstairs apartment, we were checking that out. I mean, 3000 square feet. Oh man, it's a three week project right there. So But yeah, awesome. Well, super excited about today's interview. We interview Steve Van Strain. He got into the short-term rental world last, uh, call it April probably. So I think he just brings a lot of value to the listeners, has a couple different properties. He does actually use us for a property management company. So yeah, I think uh, the listeners will really enjoy some of the information that he shares. And he also talks about some of the gold nuggets that he got from some mentorship from somebody that owned like 10 properties up north. So definitely a lot of value. Yeah, Steve's just an awesome guy, a good friend, good client, worked with him in the past. And he came around when he started to invest and gave us the opportunity. He was actually our first white glove service. So he kind of took a risk on us, 
And so we really appreciate it. Very analytical guy. So really thinks through things and crunches the numbers and puts a lot of thought into the process before he moves forward. But man, when he made the decision to go, it was go time. He was ready. So it's been awesome to work with and excited to share this interview. Absolutely. Let's get into it. Need a lender that leads with value and service? Talk to Luther Truck at Lake Michigan Credit Union. My client was down to the wire on a closing and encountered some hurdles. Even though it wasn't Luther's loan, he stepped in and helped push it across the finish line for me. It was a huge help. We were just talking about second home loans, and he's got some great options available. Ask him about the 10% down, seven-year arm product. Call or text Luther at 616-308-7245. Again, call or text 616-308-7245. Four five, NMLS number four four five three six four. LMCU is an equal housing lender. Steve, thanks for joining the podcast. Hey, thanks, Tony. Thanks for the invite. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Hey, would you want to take a second and just kind of walk us through what your current short-term rental portfolio looks like? Yeah. So I currently have two short-term rentals. One started last year, probably mid-year. It's up and running. And right now we're doing a like a midterm, kind of like a monthly rental on the off season. And then I have another home over in South Haven area that we purchased actually towards the end of last year. And we're actually going through the process of getting it up and running and set up to activate here, hopefully at the end of February, and then turn that on to Airbnb and get some bookings in that and get some income coming in. So right now we currently have two, Stevensville, South Haven areas, kind of like the southwestern part of Michigan, and hopefully a lot more to come. Let's just say that. There we go. Nice. Yeah. So kind of what got you interested in short-term rentals at the beginning? So my wife and I have actually been interested in short-term for about five, six years now. It was just after our middle son was born. We're both come from six siblings, so kind of large families. And we wanted to create like a family experience for our children be able to have places where we can go, vacation, different things like that. So we were like, hey, let's try to find something like a cottage or something we can go to on a regular basis. And then what if we can actually rent it out when we're not there to cover it, right? Because at the time, we couldn't afford a second home or a vacation home. So we're like, hey, is there a way we can cover this and still enjoy it? So we started there knowing nothing about it. So I asked around some of my networks, some of my peoples, and Hey, does anybody ever done short-term rentals? Would you know anything about it? We actually ended up getting in touch with an amazing couple up in Rockford. At the time, they had 10 short-term rentals that they managed themselves. And they both worked full-time in their own personal business. I would say the best investment I ever made was to drive up to them and pay for dinner and just ask them questions. I came loaded with probably 20 to 30 questions about what do I need to know, what made it successful for you, all that type of stuff. And I just opened book, like, what do I need to know? They were amazing. They helped me out through the entire process, what to do, how to get started, where to look. And that kind of started on our journey. Like, okay, we use that guidance and we started looking. Our initial conversation was, okay, we want something that we can use personally, but will be something that will bring us enough income to cover because what we did not want to have to do was have like a couple mortgages or try to figure out how we can make all these expenses work. It was like, we need enough money coming in to cover the expenses, but something that we can still use. The hard part was that's really hard to do. 
for personal use and still cover that, you still can. You can find them. But my wife and I, we like certain things when it comes to vacationing. So it was a little harder to find something we like that can still bring the income in. So we were searching probably about two to three years. Jordan was helping out with some of the searches. And then probably, what, two, three years back, Jordan gave us a call and we were struggling to find a home. And my wife and I sat back down like, hey, maybe we need to find a different approach. I would think two days later, Jordan called us and said like, hey, we've having a lot of success here in this area to the point we're looking at starting a property management company. And we're like, okay, tell me about the area. (laughs) The only thing I remember about the whole thing, as Jordan describes it, I'm just thinking this sounds terrible. I would never want a vacation here. <laughs> you know, I just do what any like smart man does. I go, let me talk to my wife and we'll check it out. And so I went to my wife and I go, Hey, do you ever hear of these locations? And she goes, yeah, everybody loves to go there. It's a great place. It's, you know, family, it's got all kinds of stuff. I'm like, okay, well, would you ever want a vacation there? She goes, no. I'm like, perfect. This is exactly what we need. Something that everybody else loves, but we don't want a vacation or use. It just naturally went that way. Like we couldn't find something for personal use, but finding an area that was bringing in quite a bit of income in that area, but also somebody that could help manage our property was what we really needed at the time. And so this is when we kind of really stepped into it. And uh, you and Jordan have really helped us out along that process. So that's kind of where we're at right now. You know, fast forward a couple of years. Yeah, it's funny when we first talked about it, I think, Steve, you were kind of on the same track that Tony and I were on when we started, which was, hey, let's find something up north. Let's find something, whether it's on a lake or whether it's by Lake Michigan or the dunes or hiking trails. And the more we dug into it, just weren't able to find properties that made sense. So then it kind of transitioned to the same thing that when Tony and I started was, hey, do we want something for an investment or do we want something for personal use and in return on income. And you ended up making the same choice we did. But I want to go back. You had mentioned the couple in Rockford that you had picked their brain. Can you give us a couple of nuggets that you learned talking to them? Yeah, actually, I still go back to my notes. I don't think I recorded it. And I wish I did. We talked probably about three hours. Like what got you into it? What were you looking for? Some of the biggest ones I found was you got to have something that you can rent out throughout the year. And those are the biggest things. So theirs are all focused around lakes, but they're like, hey, you need to look for this. You need to look for the regulations and what you can rent and where you can't rent. You need to have a strong cleaning system or cleaning process. You need to make a unique experience for individuals when they come in. It's not like just another house. They need to have experience and fun. What it really came down to, they're like, hey, Anybody can do this. We both work full time in our own personal business, but yet we still manage 10 houses and you can do it. It just takes time. It takes dedication. And those are probably some of the biggest things like, hey, it can be done. At first I was like, I don't know, is it worth it? Can you still make an income? And I go like, is it still profitable for you? And they're like, yes. Now I have my own personal that we don't rent out. So they technically had 11, but they were like, everything is paying for my perfect luxury build final home that I can vacation in myself, you know? And I'm like, that's great. And even nuggets like in 30 years from now, we now have 10 assets that we can use to retire. That one hit me too, because I want to create an assets for a legacy for my family. I have three kids, man, when they start getting into their, you know, can handle finances and their own money, what type of thing can I hand to them that they can actually increase 
income in? What's that passive income I can pass down to my kids? So that's really like some of the main nuggets. I'm like, yeah, I definitely need to do this. I wish I started sooner and found some of those, but you know, God's got a plan. It all worked out. And now we got to. I think in so many cases, we are our own worst enemy and you can find all the excuses and all the people who say it's not going to work. And it's so easy to talk yourself out of it. So I think that the hardest one is the first one. You just got to jump out of your comfort zone and get into it. And I love the idea of income replacement and that legacy that you're going to be able to leave for your kids if you keep it going. That's fantastic. I mean, that was the biggest thing, getting out of your own head, knowing that it is possible. I look at it as like, you know, when you go to a swimming pool or you go to the beach and you're like tiptoeing into the water because it's kind of cold. You got to be like your kids, just dive right in. Like they have a blast. It's initial shock. But then you realize like, man, this is fun. Why didn't I do it sooner? In some cases, it may not be the case. You just have to see what's best for you. What approach do you want to take? Absolutely. That's awesome. Are those all located in one specific area or are they kind of spread out across a bunch of different lakes? When I talked to them, they was kind of spread out to a lot of different all sports lakes, mostly up in the northern area because that's where they live. So they wanted to be somewhat close that they can still manage and go back and forth and keep an eye on. I'm not sure actually where they're at now. This was five, six years ago. I still have their listings actually. So I'm going to go back now and see how they're doing. It's amazing also how many people are willing to share their knowledge if you ask. If you find the right people, find the people like just sit down and ask the questions of like, how did you get started? What should I be looking for? What approach might be best? Everybody's different. Everybody family is different, right? If you're married, (laughs) you need to be aligned with your wife. And when it comes to finances, right, you need to think through, plan, what strategy do we want to take? It's different for everyone, but you got to get some of the basic knowledge. But then, like I said, just dive in, find the people that will help you through the process so you're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say the biggest surprise has been jumping in? Any surprises? The biggest surprise, I think, was even starting now. It's like finding a property that can still bring in some good income, like a good return. You can go in one location. And I was shocked. Some of the numbers that Jordan shared me, I'm like, wow. How did I not see this? But then you go, honestly, like five, 10 miles up and you're like, this is terrible potential, right? It's the pockets that have the potential. Jordan was mentioning, like everybody thinks like the lakes are great, the major cities. But I found like there's so many regulations around this. There's so many different things that can hinder the potential income you have and that you need to be aware of. And that's why getting around the right people, asking those questions like, what should I be doing? How do I call these townships to figure out like, hey, what can I do? And then Tony, you have a lot of resources that you shared on these podcasts and everything earlier. Those are great resources, right? How do I evaluate this property and make it worth it? How do I look at the expenses? How much should I figure? Those are all questions that everybody needs to go through. But yeah, my biggest surprise is like how some areas can be completely successful and some areas not. That to me still surprises me. I still go, this is going to be a great one. You look at it, you're like, well, that was terrible. I sent you one. I'm like, hey, Tony, can you check this out for me? And you didn't even have to drive in. You're like, no, (laughs) you know, the location is terrible. We don't, nope. And I think one of the biggest questions we get asked is everybody thinks, hey, Southwest Michigan, Beach Town, summer, you're shutting down at, call it September 15th or October 15th, and you're not getting a single booking for up until maybe Memorial Day, right? But 
I would say yours technically in Stevensville has probably been the most occupied over the last call it eight months. And that comes from utilizing midterm rentals, right? We had somebody come from out of state, needed a place till they bought a place. So I think she was there four months and literally just got a family that kind of moved in for three and a half months while she's doing travel nursing. And I mean, the surprising thing was, I think there is a big demand for those midterm rentals. She told me we were number 13 or 14 on the list. So she called 13 other people trying to get in there. And they all said, oh, not available. I'm guessing it was all on Furnished Finder, but everybody else told her not available and got a hold of us and we got her in there and she's loving it. So again, I think a lot of people think that there's not occupancy during off season in Michigan, but you're definitely kind of leading the way in terms of occupancy at that three bed, two bath. So just, yeah. I'm actually loving it. Like it's nothing like having income coming in that covers at least all your expenses and then plus some, right? That was one of my fears. Like, what do we do on the off season? How do we bring this in? Because for short term, yeah, your biggest uh, income is through the summer months. And it doesn't have to, like any parts of Michigan are like that. So like when we were searching earlier for the lakes, there's snowmobile trails, there's ski resorts, there's a lot of things. Like that's what you love about Michigan. It's pure Michigan. There's everything you can do. It's just you're finding your audience and then you're appealing to that audience. I do love this, the monthly rental, the midterm. I actually talked to a few people who do long-term rentals and they are looking at completely furnishing their homes and providing that type of service because it's worth it. So yeah, I love it. I'll probably do that again for this house again the following year, especially until we get like quite a few reviews. I always say like you know, 30 to 50 reviews, then you might want to keep it open. But it really depends on your location too. Every location, you have to evaluate it piece by piece. It's not the same for each house. So yeah, we're loving it. I'm loving it. So Me and you talked and I talked with some other homeowners. I mean, it really comes down to weekend bookings is essentially where we're going to be at in the off season in Michigan, for the most part, from what we've seen, right? We've had some contractors come in and book a couple weeks, but for the most part, it's like Friday through Sunday, right? And then, so you got to look at your Friday through Sunday cost and what we can get on the nightly rate for that. And then totaling up those weekend bookings and say, let's say we were a hundred percent booked on the weekends. How does that equate to renting it out on the midterm rental, right? And if it's significantly lower, kind of make that decision at that point. But again, it's just kind of comparing those weekends to the midterm price. So great to have that guaranteed too. You're kind of banking on hopefully it books up weekends. What we found is the summer months book up in advance, much more so than the weekends. You might be vacant thinking you're going to be vacant until Wednesday or Thursday and then a last minute booking comes in or it might just not book. So that guaranteed income for three and a half months during the off season is pretty ideal in my opinion. Absolutely. Has there been any big challenges, Steve, that you would uh, say kind of going into it? Again, I think you've been in it nine months now, right? Yeah, probably. I think starting out was, we talked about earlier, you got to just dive in. That's always probably the biggest challenge. I think challenges always change throughout your journey too, right? So like right now, I'm like, my biggest challenge is like, how do I continue to finance additional homes? Like, I'll be honest, my first house, I was shocked at how much income I still had coming in to the point where I did not plan on buying a second house that same year. But like, it made sense. It worked out and we're going to have it up and running in a great location here in the beginning of the year. So I know that one's going to be successful too. So like my biggest challenge is how do I 
keep my finances flowing so I can keep investing in other properties. But then I think the other challenge is people got to realize you have to put money into this house to get it up and running. And there are always surprises. No matter what you do, how much times you go through it, even the inspection reports, there's always going to be something else. And you have to know kind of when, like, okay, is this investment going to be worth the money? Like, hey, do I really need grant countertop or can I just do like a Formica or what types of things do I need to look at? Because you want to manage your expenses. So some of the surprises we had in this past house were like, hey, there's three inches of water in the garage. What's going on? That one was a little shock, but hey, you work through it and you get it done because you want to make sure it's appealing for people, right? My thing I love the most is that you got to create an experience. It's not just a home that they can come sit and hang out. You're creating an experience for people so that way they can tell others about it, right? That's really what this is. It's a hospitality business. I was going to say, we just did a podcast called The Valley of Despair. And again, you buy it, you're super excited. You found one that makes sense. And then all of a sudden, all that excitement seems to dissipate relatively quickly as soon as the money starts going out, right? I mean, you start to question, is it ever going to end? Because there's always something. And then you start furnishing and then you need more silverware and all this stuff. So until you get that first booking, it's a journey. Yep. You got to look at it like, you know what? I planned on this. Let's just get it out of your head. Just pay for it. And then yeah, when that first booking comes in, you're like, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to be a millionaire. You think that and you're just like, okay, it's just one booking, man. Just, It's a great start. And that feeling of the first booking is great. I'm glad you brought up the challenge of financing because you did some kind of unique financing on this last one you did. Can you tell us about what that looked like? Yeah. So one of my things that I don't want to get into was the debt income ratio going back and forth. You know, your first one is actually, there's a lot of things you can do with regular lenders and you can try to get it going 10% down because it's a second home depending on your area. But once you get into your third and fourth, it really starts affecting your debt income. So I went into a third party lender. It's a DSCR type of loan. And what it is, is it looks at it as a investment properly. So it doesn't pull anything personal into mine. So I don't need W-2s, I don't need tax forms, all that stuff. It looks at the property completely on its own. There are only a few lenders that I've found that do that. There's a couple more that I'm looking into for future investments as well, because what it does is it looks at the property itself, it evaluates it, and then it pays in that. Now, the thing is, you still have to have a down payment. So one of my challenges is like, hey, how do I bring in enough income to help cover some of those down payments? I really liked it. I think you got to find the right person that you can connect with, to work with, someone that you know that you can trust. So like, I know there's quite a few things out there that you need to look at when you look at lenders. So ask questions. Don't be afraid to shop prices at some of those things. Don't just find the first one and go with them. Look around, shop around. But there are a lot of options, especially as it comes to investment properties that you can do. And I know Jordan and Tony, you guys were looking at a few other ones too, just options and ideas. Yeah. A lot of our conversation is like, that's one of the things you should almost always be looking for and always connecting with a banking partner potentially. So even if you find a good one, you just never know when things will change. I mean, we literally had a loan going through and then a new manager came in and the new manager is looking at it different. So you just never know when things are going to shift a little bit. And having more than one banking partner in your circle of influence is definitely ideal. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a great point, especially even if anybody's starting out, that you really need to have that stuff lined up and ready to go. Have talk to your lender, know what you can do, what works well for you, so you can really find that ideal income property for you. So be prepared, do that work ahead of time. So that way, when the opportunity comes, you're ready and you can move on it. Have that stuff ready and aligned before you really dig into finding the perfect one for you. It is incredibly difficult to find a property that fits all the boxes and you can get it at the right price. And if it does, it's almost certainly going to be competitive. So yeah, having that financing lined up is crucial and making sure that the numbers make sense before you make that decision. So great advice. What are the amenities you'd mentioned creating that unique guest experience? Mm -hmm. So tell us about some of the amenities that you have at the properties and maybe some that we're aiming for and planning for, for the new one. Yeah, no, great question. So yeah, you want to create an experience. And the thing is too, you want to create experience for a lot of groups. So for our Stevensville house, one of the things I really love is there's a theater room. I'm a Marvel guy. I love watching, sitting down. My relaxing is sit and watch a movie. And then another thing that I love doing is board games. So one of the things we have in that our Stevensville house is it's kind of like a private room. It's really nice. Tony and you guys did great setting it up. It's like a little game room. You can do just a two-play, but you can bring in a whole group of plays. So we have ping pong tables, a lot of amenities. Hot tubs are always a thing. I don't like hot tubs, but I know everybody else does. So you always have to try to figure out what works for the audience you're trying to gather. So we have fire pits. So there's a lot of amenities. My thing is like when I look, I always look for places that have a lot of amenities. I'm probably not going to use half of them. But the idea is that it's there and I can create the experience. So one of the things I'm looking forward to in this next house is we're going to do like a, a little switch council game setup. And then we're going to do a lot of like outdoor. This one has more privacy. So we're going to do like a nice fireplace area. We're going to do like some volleyball, a lot of outdoor activities, but then also a lot of stuff you can do inside, you know, on rainy days. And we're close to the beach. So you want to try to supply things. So that way people don't have to bring things when they come to have that experience for you. So I know one of the things I do really care about is creating that experience. So I know like some of the things like Tony and we all agreed on, like I am willing to help pay and invest in is if it's somebody's anniversary, give them a gift, give them a gift card, let them go out to town. Hey, a special note saying, just say, thank you for celebrating your anniversary here with us here. Enjoy this. Tony always has candy hanging out. Like my kids want to grab it. There's no Milky Way there, Tony. I'm just saying. Do better. Do better. But it is. You're looking at who's coming and how can I make this a great experience for them? Because what happens is they give you those five-star reviews. It's nothing like having a house. Like, and you guys have quite a few of them. that like, you got over 50 reviews and they're five stars. You're like, obviously, I want to want to hang out at that one. But it's also, I'm going to have higher expectations. So you have to pay to invest into that to create that experience because it will pay you dividends in the long run. So you got to look at the long term a little bit, but I'm pretty bullish on like, I want an experience for everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. The first one that you bought had the theater room already there, which was really cool. We were able to write all the equipment in for that. This next one also, I think it's just important to find the things that you can maybe use that are already there. So the one that you just purchased has a little shed out back and it's actually a decent size shed. And so we're actually going to convert that into kind of a little tiki hut bar just to give some kind of indoor outdoor space and somewhere to hang out and whether or not people utilize that, it's going to be sweet in the pictures and it's really going to be an appeal for people. So the more of the features of the house that you can really 
use and transform the usage. You know, we could put a lawnmower and rakes and stuff in there, or you can make it a yeah. really cool hangout space that is going to be attractive to people. We might have moved to lawnmower and rakes uh, <laughs> on Saturday, though. I'm, we're open to it still. There's a lot of options, right? but you're right. Like, what do you have that you can utilize? It's, how can we use it? We also looked at like, hey, is it worth tearing it down and building something really kind of nice in that area? You have to have those conversations. The plans change too. You got to yeah. look at it and be able to be on the flow. So, but yeah, yep. amenities are important. I love them. And it creates that experience. Final question. What tips would you have for somebody looking to get their first property? One tip or can I give a couple, I guess? Let's say you only could give one. What would that one tip be? The most important thing in your opinion? In my opinion, the most important thing if you're married, to be aligned with your spouse on your goals and what you're trying to accomplish, because that creates a unique and fun experience. But if you're not on the same page, it's just hard. It's challenging. You wrote through a lot of you know, struggles. So get on the same page and just be, what do we want to do? What are we looking for? Is it personal use or do we want to just use it as pure investments? If that's the case, it changes your approach, then go get lined up, get your pre-approvals, sit down with somebody, get your questions asked, and then just get aligned and then be willing to run with it. Because it is a lot of fun. In my I mind. love that one because if you're not aligned at home, it just makes the whole endeavor that much more challenging. It can be a challenging business already. And then if you're not aligned at home, it just makes it that much tougher, I guess. I would say if my wife and I were not aligned, she would have been really mad at me in the first few stays because we didn't have some good experiences in the first few. She would have been really mad at me like, why are you doing this? But we were aligned. We're like, okay, what do we do? Yeah, that first was a doozy. There's going to be ups and downs. Most of the time, almost all the time, you have great guests. They take care of your home, different types of things. And once in a while, you have to deal with it. But that's why you have a property manager and then they can handle it for you and you don't have to deal with it. They just fix it. So that's what I love about a property manager, Tony and Jordan. They do great with that. They help create that unique experience. And I'm looking forward to continue to working with you guys. Awesome. You've been uh, a real pleasure to work with as well. Definitely an ideal client. So we appreciate that. If anybody wanted to connect with you outside of here, maybe if someone had some questions they wanted to ask you, where's the best place to connect? So I'm not on any type of social media. <laughs> I disconnect from that. I'm actually on LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn, direct message me. But otherwise, Tony, if somebody reaches out to you and they want to chat with me, just you are welcome to give them my phone number. So. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us and we'll talk later. Awesome. Thanks for checking out today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you get a chance, please go over to your podcast player of choice. Leave us a review. We appreciate those that have already taken the time to do so. It just helps us get discovered by more people in that platform. And if you're not on the email list yet, go over to michigan.shorttermrentals.com. Get on the email list. You're going to see it right there on the homepage. And you're going to get four very valuable emails. One's going to be a list of 650 zip codes where we've already analyzed a address and have projected revenue for that address. So you can kind of filter those and see which one has the best projections out of those 650 zip codes. And then you're going to get a furnishing calculator. So you'll get a number for how much does it cost to furnish a four bed, two bath with a hot tub and a ping pong table. And you can use that to really project out your return on investment there. And then also a property grading tool. 
So you're going to be able to plug in some information like yard size, number of neighbors, amenities, the cost of the property, and the projected revenue. And it's going to kick you out a letter grade. So our properties are letter grade B. So if it's B or an A, it could be a good property to pick up. If it's less than that, you might really want to think about, is it going to be a good property? And make sure you connect with Jordan Painter and Tony Stancato on LinkedIn. Send us a connection request there, and we'll make sure we accept it. We'll talk to you later.